welcome to the Titus 2 Live-In Podcast. This is your host, Andrea Dickerson, and I hope that today's episode encourages you as a Christian woman to glorify the Lord in your home ministry. Remember that every task completed in your home matters and that serving your family is kingdom work. And with God's help, you can thrive today and every day at building your home with a joyful and thankful heart. Hello, dear sisters. It feels so good to be back with you recording another episode for this podcast. I know it has been a long time since I have done this and I have some exciting news for you. On this episode, I have a guest. Her name is Grace. We met through IG and her handle is She Builds Home and Today, we are discussing what it means to be a Titus II woman, why it is so important for us as Christian women to understand that instruction given to us in Titus II and how we can apply this advice, um, this traits in our own home. And my goal is that every month I can have a fellow homemaker joining me and that together we can have a fruitful conversation that can hopefully um, encourage and edify you in the ministry that you're doing in your home. So with no further ado, let me introduce you to Grace. I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Welcome, Grace, to the Titus 2 Living Podcast. I'm so excited that Uh, You are my first guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Oh, of course. I'm so excited to be here. So uh, this episode, we will be talking about what it means to be a Titus II woman. And if you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, your family, and then we will talk more about the definition of a Titus II woman. Yes, absolutely. So my name is Grace, and I'm happily married for, let's see, 11 years now. I had to think about it. And we have four children, ages nine, seven, four, and almost one year old. We will talk more about what it's a Titus II woman. I know that probably our community on Instagram, and that's how we both met. And I know that our testimony is very similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot of the people who follow us might know what it means to be a Titus II woman, but maybe some do not uh, know where that term comes from. And also, if you are, you know, familiar with the traditional uh, trad woman movement, maybe you know about gender roles, but specifically from a biblical perspective you know, that's where we want to get our answers from always. What does it mean, according to the word of God, to be a Titus to woman? Yeah, that's great. So I think the best place to go to is directly to Titus 2 and to read the scripture there. So Titus chapter 2, and this is verses 3 through 5. Paul had just got done talking about what it means to teach sound doctrine and, um, how that looks for older men. And now he's referencing older women. And so here we are in verse three, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, 
not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Yes. And that is ESV, right? Yes, that is the ESV translation. Okay, so and can you explain to us, you know, in your own words, and also I know that you studied this, uh, what, what, what does that mean? What is that concept of as a godly woman being specifically this kind of woman? Yes, absolutely. So I think that it's very fitting that it starts by saying that as women, we are to be reverent in behavior because everything that follows is really specifically how we live out being reverent women and godly women. And so for me, three things really stand out to me and I find really interesting in that. And the first one is um, the concept of uh, the, uh, the slanderers. And so I did a study on that word. What does it mean? Does it mean gossiping? What specifically does it mean? And so that word slanderers, um, it actually is diablos and it means to be a backbiter, a false accuser, making charges that destroy. And I also found it interesting that that same exact word used in the Greek in the new Testament is used to reference the name for the devil who is, as you know, the accuser of the brethren. Yes. And I mean, I think you can also say that even 2000, you know, years later in our culture today, that women struggle with these same issues that they were struggling with back then, you know, the, I mean, I think it's, you don't have to go very far to look and see that women tend to use their words, you know? Yeah. And gossiping is a problem amongst women and something that our flesh naturally pulls to. And so as reverent and godly women, we should run away from any form of slander or gossip at all costs. It's so vile and evil that it's literally the name reference for the devil. So we should take absolutely no part in that. And that even translates into social media, you know, talking bad about our husbands or our children on social media. That's slandering against our husbands and our children, which you and I have talked about that we see so often, right? All the time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it bothers both of us. So no, it's hard. And I think that also, that. and not only the world does that, because we know that we will be different than the world, but also Christian women mm. uh, seem to participate in this as well. Yes. And that's extremely heartbreaking to me because, you know, if, if, if we are to be um, filled with the Holy Spirit, then we should be exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit in our life, in all areas. And I think it's just so fitting why this instruction is given to us as women and how it's, again, applicable in our culture today. So important to do, for yeah. sure. Um, so the other point that really um, stood out to me and I found interesting that I studied and wanted to share is where it says, um, you know, to train the young women to love their husbands and children. And at first glance, you may be like, wait, of course I love my husband. And of course I love my children. He's my husband. They're my children. Yeah. But the specific word they're used for love is phileo. And so, of course, we know we have one word for love. But in 
in the ancient Greek and Hebrew, they had multiple words for love depending on how it was used. And so this specific phileo love is a friendship love and it's a friend kind of a love, which I found so interesting because Mm -hmm. as women, it is so natural for us to say, oh, I love my husband. I care for him. I care for my children. But do we phileo love our husbands in that friendship kind of way where we're kind to them, where we prefer them, where we're asking, how's your day going? And just doing all those small, thoughtful things that you would do to a friend. Mm -hmm. Two things came to mind on that, on uh, verse four and what you were saying. You know, we always know that one of the commandments that Jesus um, in Matthew says that it is important. Uh, first is loving God with all your heart, your all your mind. And then he tells us to love, love others as ourselves. And in that, it is included our husbands as well. You know, and not only that, then uh, you mentioned to train. And, you know, you mentioned something important also that uh, we will probably say, yes, of course, we, we, I love my husband, I married him. But if there is training to be done, it means that it doesn't really come naturally, right? Uh, <laughs> it, it comes naturally when we are loved, when we are reciprocated. But what happens when we're not? And uh, that is very interesting. Yes, it is. Isn't that that our natural flesh pulls us to these things? I'm definitely prone to be, you know, unkind to my husband yes. and not to be and- friendly. <laughs> Yes. And selfish. Yep. 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 So the third thing that stands out to me here that I found interesting Mm -hmm. is the phrase um, workers at home. At home. Yeah. Yes. So that word there in the Greek is oikoros. Mm -hmm. And it literally means to be a guardian of the home. And I just thought that was absolutely so beautiful when I studied this because I just it it just administered to my heart that you and I have you know have talked about how the world will try to say that um, the role of a wife and mother and a, and a, and a homekeeper is less than or doesn't mm-hmm. matter but it but it's such a high and holy calling that it's Amen. even yes it's even a protective position and if we are not in that position there to be that keeper of the home or the watcher and guardian of our home then who will be exactly and i think that we have totally believed that lie that it is not enough mm-hmm. um, that it is not important it's something that we have to do but that what it uh you know what it is what's outside our home the tasks that we have to complete outside the home are more important than the work that we do in our home and that is so important what you said that it is a high calling that what how god calls it is something that is good being the managers of our home is you know not second class but as important as the work that our husbands might do outside the home while we are at home, or even, you know, a a missionary, right? A missionary that goes to another country to share the gospel. The work that we do at home matters 
the same way as that does. Yes, absolutely. And, and it, it's, it's one of the great lies that the feminist movement has mm-hmm. pushed over that has sadly even leaked into the church and evangelical yeah. circles. And I've seen this play out even in my own life and experienced that even in the church, this, that leaking of feminism of, of that, you know, being a, a homemaker as being a, a less than calling, which is just such a lie. So it's just, it's just very sad, that deception. It yeah. is. And I think that we don't, you're a millennial too, right? Oh gosh. Uh, you're going to give away are, my agent. <laughs> what are, are you? What? probably I'm not even sure what is what I think it's the 90s about 90s and then uh early 2000s but I'm not sure but um but anyways I'm just saying that because I think that millennials and um even the younger generation we might not think that we have been uh influenced by feminism maybe Mm -hmm. in our home it wasn't something that was taught and we did go to church, but we have learned it from the culture and we are in one way or, or another been influenced by the culture. And I think that uh, something that gives it away is, you know, if submission hmm. is a word that we do not like or, <laughs> or that we uh, think that we are less than because we are homemakers, because we have to stay home or, um, you know, because we're not doing something important out there, then we have been influenced. And um, I also have that point here in on my notes, I had written, you know, that it is also in the church, like you said. And I think that we see that, you know, that a degree, a career, uh, having a master's, a doctorate, pursuing all of that, it is applauded by everyone. Mm-hmm. And then how do we see it, you know, how does society and even the church thinks about motherhood sometimes? Uh, I am just a mom or I am just mm-hmm. a wife. I lose my identity if I just do these things. And so we really need to renew our mind in the word of God and be encouraged by this message that it's not looking at the world, what they are doing. And even if the church is saying these things and repeating these things, we need to go to the word of God and see, okay, he is the one who is glorifying this. He is the one who created me to be a mother. And there is honor in this. So I know that you have shared this with me before that I think it, it wasn't always that you embraced this, uh, this calling, right? you would be correct unfortunately that is the truth (laughs) yeah so and it's the same with me um so share with us uh, how how did it change what led you to this change and how does that change look now in your own home you know how has it impacted your home yeah absolutely well I definitely have not always been a Titus two woman and I have not always been a biblical woman either um which is is part of my testimony that's another story for another time probably all that in depth but basically I was taught that I was special and Mm -hmm. I was unique and that God loved me so much and I was so wonderful that 
God wanted me to go out and do big things and Mm -hmm. change the whole world. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that to me, that meant, you know, the thought of being a mom and a wife and taking care of the home was never, you know, taught to me or presented to me in that manner. But instead it was like, you know, like you said, like going out overseas and doing missions work or even preaching, you know, being the person on the microphone, standing on the stage, having hundreds of people, you know, listening to what you were saying that was doing big things, but you know, the thought of a wife and motherhood and all of that just wasn't even ever in my mind. I didn't think that was anything big. And, um, I, uh, I mean, I was seeking all of these things to try to bring fulfillment. And even now I lament my early years as a wife and mother, because they were so, I was so deceived and I was so wrong. And I was just so full of hopelessness and sadness. And, and it's, it's hard to say now and think that that was me looking back, but I didn't enjoy it most of the time. Those Mm -hmm. precious early years being a new mother and being a new wife were very hard for me. And, um, I didn't enjoy it much. And I was seeking things to try to do big things and change the world. And so I was doing the whole singer songwriter scene Mm -hmm. and I was traveling around and like performing with a little band. And I even had, um, had written some songs and recorded a single and filmed a music video and decided I was going to to pursue that like in a career sort of a way which is oh it's just so foolish now looking back and then also you know I joined a MLM and I did really good in that and I I got to be one of like the top leaders in the company and I was the whole you know boss babe you know culture that you and I've also talked (laughs) about and I was anything I could do. I was, my feet were not at home. I was just seeking Mm -hmm. all of these things that I thought were much more meaningful. And in the end, oh, it just was, it was, it was not. And so as far as what changed, it was this slow process, basically for me going from horrible theology, Mm because I had a horrible theology and horrible distorted view of God and faith to a sound doctrine and good theology. And it has been years, honestly, but basically I was, I was one of those women that Paul talks about who were tricked by false teachings. And Paul says that um, false teachers would worm their way into the homes of women burdened down by mm-hmm. sin, always learning, but never mm-hmm. able to arrive at truth. And that uh-huh. was me to a T. I was miserable yeah. and I was reading all the books and self-help books and trying to get all the answers for why I was so miserable. And I was trying to fix the problems in my life apart from the gospel and apart from Jesus. And it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until it wasn't until basically when by the grace of God, he convicted me of my sins and his word set me free for the first time. And I truly was born again. Mm -hmm. And so it was you know, nutshell, that was my process to, from a really atrocious theology to, to sound doctrine and, um, the whole concept of submission I had never Mm -hmm. heard of before, even being in like the charismatic (laughs) church. And I remember like, you know, like, why didn't anybody tell me this? That makes so much sense. And then also the whole concept of respecting your husbands and how your husbands need unconditional respect. And here I was struggling, like trying to get answers in my marriage 
And it was so simple. It was right in scripture the whole time, every answer I was looking for. And so I'll never forget, like, I realized that. And I just had a moment where I just repented to the Lord. I was in tears and I prayed and just asked him to forgive me and change me. And, and, um, and then I went to my husband and did the same and repented to him. And, um, it was just a beautiful time for us as a couple. And then it was shortly after that where I was like, okay, I don't know a single person in my life who has this kind of sound doctrine or who, who knows what submission is or, you know, you know, a biblical womanhood. And so, so I had, I searched the hashtag on Instagram. This is funny time at you remember. <laughs> yes. I searched the hashtag for like submission and biblical womanhood. I was so desperate to find another mm-hmm sister in Christ. And so that's how I came across your page. And you, that was almost two years ago, I think. I and, think so. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> wonderful. Isn't it amazing how God changes us? And it is, you know, the same thing happened to me. And um, would you say that your home now that, you know, with this change that God has done it in you, has your marriage changed and your relationship with your children Oh, absolutely. I mean, the gospel transforms our hearts and minds and then every aspect. And so for me, once I actually was, was told the, the honest, the, the true gospel, cause I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know it before. It was a different version of a gospel. So once I understood the true gospel and that I was just a sinner in need of God's grace and in needing to be saving, I appreciated his sacrifice and what he did to pay my price so much more. So it humbled me and just brought me to my knees. And so it has completely changed. And my marriage has just been thriving and healthy and fun ever since. And our home is now peaceful. And in those early years, it it just seemed like it was always chaotic and just hard. Yeah. Yeah. So now it has brought peace and just contentment and, and just thriving in all areas. Isn't that amazing? God has given us a blessing with marriage and because we tried to find fulfillment in our own way, you know, trying, trying to look answers, what, what we think is the right way to find answers. And I think that sometimes that also comes from our culture, the way that we have been raised and thinking that we know better than God when everything has been given to us in his word. And that when we follow submission in how God made submission and respecting our husbands, loving our children like we are supposed to. How wonderful it is the blessing that God's principles, uh, it changed our whole life and our whole dynamics in our home. That is wonderful, Grace. And mm-hmm. now the other question I had for you is, you know, why is it it's so so important for us to then share this truth with others. And, you know, if, if some of the people that are listening to this haven't, are not following you, um, follow her on Instagram at she builds home. I love all her writings. And I always share some of your posts because they resonate with me. So what, why did you started doing that? And why do you think it is important to share this truth with others? Absolutely. Well, it's important to share because truth is important. And John uh, chapter eight, verses 31 through 32, I need to reference it, but 
Jesus said, if you abide in me and in my words, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I can attest that as one who was burdened down by sin, one of those women that Paul talked about, I was searching for answers everywhere, but I didn't have anybody giving me the truth that's found in the word of God. And it's only that truth that can set people free, not a self-help book and no one's opinion or anything. So truth is important because the word of God is truth. Uh, there is no other truth. And the word of God is the only thing we have to stand on and, and to set people free. And, and in Titus 2, we are told to train the young women. And to train that word actually means to recall to one's senses, to admonish and to warn someone of something to be avoided. And how much would, you know, you and I in our past, how much could we have, you know, been better off if we would have yes. had that in our lives someone that training yes mm -hmm. yes to recall us to our senses and speak truth and so for me when I was you know burdened under false teachings I was so confused and frustrated as I said earlier and so I know what it feels like now being set free and born again and and living this lifestyle in, in freedom transformed by the power of the gospel I want to help other people, even if it's just one other woman who is, yes. who was, you know, who is where I used to be. I just want to speak that truth because it's important. And there's this freedom in Christ and there's this, con and there's contentment in obedience. It's mm -hmm. joyful. It's not a chore for us to be keepers of our home or no. to submit to our husbands. I do it joyfully and gladly, just as I know you do, because yes. Yes, yeah, the power of the gospel displayed in our lives. And we need to encourage one another to live steadfastly through the gospel, just like Colossians tells us. Yes. And, you know, and it's not a burden anymore. It when when we follow the truth, like you said, it's not a burden. But whenever we don't know the truth, then we are blinded and it can become a burden. And so I think that we can both say that one of our problems of course it's our own um you know we we weren't listening either to uh well not listen how can I say this like I I knew the gospel <laughs> I knew uh the word of God but I guess I didn't want to pay attention to those passages that talk that were talking you know specifically to me as a wife but I also think that not having someone to teach you and being ignorant to these things, no one really pointing at your sin and an older woman to to train you in these things, to share the truth with you. It can it can be a hindrance in your life. And so that is that passage there on Titus 2. It also tells us that the older should be teaching the younger and we don't see that anymore. And that is the model that should be happening in every church. And I yeah. think that what we see in every, uh, not in every church, but the majority of the church now, if it's something geared uh, for women, it's more about feelings. So it's more about mm -hmm. fluff, tickling ears, and this is not being taught. And so um, that is why it is so important for us, you know, that we're still in uh, raising children, but now that we know the truth and that there is this younger generation where I do see that there is um, that thirst in them for truth, that they mm -hmm. do want to learn, that a lot of people are returning to this 
biblical uh but they do want to learn that we need to continue to to share this truth and then the last one is how how do you exemplify being this Titus two woman uh, in your daily life in your home if you have any practical ways that you do it and also in your community yeah well it's definitely not going to sound fancy it's just very practical but I mean for me I'm you know like I said I have four children and there's a lot of help with homework and a lot of parenting relational moments and just rearing and training their hearts and teaching them scripture and Mm -hmm. of course um and I'm still nursing my youngest. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of very small things, but it's, it's those small things of how we can serve faithfully, you know, changing diapers, you know, giving the children healthy snacks, preparing meals, meal planning, keeping the house clean and in order and, in, and tidy and also decluttering. I think it's easy when you have multiple children, the clutter just kind of can pile up. And so mm-hmm. every couple few months, I think it's important to just go through and, collect you know get all the clutter out of the house and you know bring it drop it off of the donations and I think it's important to that our homes be a place of peace and when our husbands come home from a hard day of work that they know that they're walking into a home where they see the gospel on display through us and through the way we have managed the home and um in the community how it looks like in the community um for me personally, I sought out a Titus II women to mentor me. And I think that is so important because lots of time I think women are too nervous or afraid to seek mm-hmm. that out or to ask somebody, but I'm sure they wouldn't mind. You know, I'm sure that there's so many women out there or would just be thrilled to just teach wisdom. And so I, uh, I called my church, my pastor's office and said, look, my name's Grace and I am looking for someone to be a Titus two women in my life. And I want them to shoot straight with me. I don't, I want faith, not fluff. I don't want to have my ears tickled. Like I want sound doctrine and sound theology. And even someone who says, Hey, are you submitting to your husband? You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. I was seeking that. And so the Lord really just blessed me with a great mentor and she's been very helpful. And so we meet, um, uh, maybe twice a month and she has just been such a great, um, part of my life. And, um, also I in turn do that to someone, a woman who is younger than me, like a young college girl. So she's not married yet. And so I can, you know, do that. What you just said, the model of Titus too is discipleship. And that is something that is, we see such a hunger for I mean, there's such a hunger and, and it's like this fire just starting amongst young women, turning their hearts back to a desire for scripture and godliness and being, you know, homemakers. And so it's just important to, to have that discipleship model and to, to do that and to look for ways for serve to serve. You know, if I'm, if I'm baking, you know, sourdough bread, I can easily make another loaf for my yes, elderly yes. neighbor next door. Mm-hmm. I'm making cookies, you know, I can, you know, run them, you know, across the street to my neighbor who's a retired school teacher. And um, also a, a new, a new thing that we started doing and serving in our community is we became respite foster care parents. And basically what that is, is full-time foster parents, if they get sick or if they need a break or just, um, you know, have to go on a, have to travel anywhere, we are able to take care of their full-time foster child so that they can 
take care of themselves. And so it has been such a blessing. And I, I shared about that, I think on a couple weeks ago, but I was sitting there, you know, taking care of this newborn baby and a toddler. And I was just overwhelmed that Lord, because I've been faithful to you and obeyed you. And I'm here at at my home doing this and serving this way. I, I can, I can serve in this way and take care of this little child. Yes. That's amazing. And it is, you know, I think that knowing that the things that might seem mundane or tasks that may be simple or that our lives look the same each day, it is just knowing that all that we're doing is for the glory of God. Mm. And it does start in our homes, not outside, not doing this podcast, not on Instagram mm. or or anywhere else, but in the home that we have to return to the home first, that God does want us at home. And we know that from reading the word of God. And then as we minister to our our, our own children, we are making disciples in our home and no one will ever minister to our children, not their teacher, not in Sunday school, not at church. Those, you know, you the church is a great support but that is what they are not not their first um not not the first ones that mm-hmm. have trained them in the bible but that is yeah. our our job as mothers and god has mm-hmm. equipped us and so you know i just want to encourage other sisters in christ that might think that they are they have lost their identity that they're listening to those lies to mm-hmm. go to the word of god and that i hope that we what we have talked today has helped to recognize how important and how valuable it is for the lord the word that the work that we are doing in our homes and yeah. i thank you so much for joining me again if you don't follow grace give her a follow at uh, she builds home on instagram And thank you so much, Grace, for joining me today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. That is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform you're listening on. And remember, sister, that whatever you do today, may it be done for the glory of God. Keep your eyes on the author of your salvation and always persevere. See you next time.